Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to recap the NFL's Week 9 action, uh, update our uh, ongoing betting competition, talk a little bit about the World Series and, and uh, what's coming next for baseball, uh, and, then, and then we'll get into uh, getting ready to talk about uh, preview for uh, NFL's Week 10. All right, Mike, uh, as we've been starting the last couple of shows, um, what did you find most interesting from NFL's Week 9? More um, quarterbacks, old quarterbacks not doing so well. Um, the Chiefs winning narrowly uh, in a very tight game against Tennessee. Or something off the field, like a coach firing and hiring a new guy that maybe <laughs> doesn't really expected to be a an nfl coach right away uh what what yeah what, i i, I found it? well uh i found all of those things interesting the, the old quarterbacks that seem to be getting older um by the, you know it. older by the year by the week uh <laughs> it seems like every you know this this just past season um that's interesting that's somewhat interesting to me but uh I, you know also i think the col- the colts uh off the field bizarre decision-making process that's kind of intensified and ratcheted up over the last few weeks has really been interesting but i want to talk about that but i, I think i think as a as a or rather talking about the football football itself i think i think that mahomes uh game against the titans that might have been the best game he's played in a long time even though this um simply because it seemed like from the very beginning it seemed at, at least after the chiefs first touchdown um, it seemed like the Titans were going to win that game and maybe win it handily just because the defense couldn't stop Eric Henry and the Chiefs couldn't do anything uh, against the Titans defense, especially once Butker missed that extra point. They looked just, um, just flummoxed out there that they had no yeah. answer. They couldn't pass it. Uh, you know, they, could, they couldn't run it at all. And they kept trying to run it for a little while. It seemed like, you know, I think there were, the running backs had 13 or 14 carries, but they maybe should have stopped after about five or six, given what yeah. happened. It was, it was uh, a, yeah, a game that when I watched it, I, I, I was confident going in. I thought the Chiefs would be able to figure out what the Titans were doing. And I thought Malik Willis wasn't a very good quarterback, at least not yet. And, you know, but the Chiefs, seemed like they were destined to lose that game until Mahomes's heroics in the last half of the fourth quarter. What, what did you think? Into the overtime too, right? Yeah. And the overtime, yeah. Um, and then some questionable calls in the overtime. I thought that going for, going for it on fourth down from like the 10 or the 11. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't and, understand why they did that. And I think it was more about what the, what they thought Tennessee was going to do more than what they were concerned about, even their own kicker. Because they ended up having kicking it from basically the same position, um, just like a minute and a half later. Yeah, uh, I. So I, I think it was more about taking more time off the clock to make it so that um, that Tennessee wouldn't be able to like run the ball as much when they got possession of the ball. Well, if they if the Chiefs missed the field goal, they would take over at the twenty with about five, a little over five minutes left. They couldn't actually run their regular offense. I think with at that, but. It, um, but yeah, when they took another minute off the clock, it makes it a little more difficult. They had, I think, they had to pass 
at least some of the time. And they, and the, you know, in their Tennessee's possession, they did go what one run and then three passes. Yeah, in the game, but I felt like they were in some ways hoping for like if they missed it, they would say, "Well, we'll still get a tie out of it because we don't think yeah. um, Tennessee will score." But it was, yeah, I thought that was a very risky play. They, and of course, they they, they did find Gizzes Mahomes. I think you know he could have. Um, you know, he, he hooked up with um, Smith Schuster on a you know, three-yard gain or whatever on, on fourth and one. But mm. yeah, I thought that was I thought that was an interesting interesting call. And then really, they didn't move the ball much after that, uh, and so they kicked the field goal, which I also thought was well. There's still a lot of time left. Maybe it's going to be another. I think you know it could be a tie, which would be because I I don't I don't like the uh, ten minute overtime. I don't period. understand the point of it. Yeah. I like the 15, you know, if you're going to play a quarter, just play the 15. Play another quarter. Yeah. And that's what it used to be. I think, I think the 10 just increases the number of ties, which I don't, I guess, in, I don't know if five minutes less on the field really helps player safety any. It just, I think it, I think it just leads to more ties. And I don't think anybody really likes those, those results uh, as a, from a fan's perspective. So mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I don't think they can really the league can really claim anything about caring about player safety when they add another game to the season if they're worried about five more minutes in a game rather than an entire other game that they've added to the schedule for yeah and how often do the, and how often do those five minutes again it matter you know even if how many well, would they be even used right and in this yeah, season it'd be, it'd be once that it could have been used right because there's been one tie and it one tie one and then. And it might not have in in that in that game might not have even lasted that entire five minutes. Uh, There could have been another um, session, or maybe sometimes the that having it, you know, there could have been maybe continued possession because maybe the team you know kicks the last minute sixty yard field goal. uh, I think think that's what happened in that game. Didn't somebody attempt a very late, late long one at the end of the um, at the end of the regulation or the end of um. The overtime to try to, to try to just to try to win it, but I think probably like so like you could say well they, that's could, what happened. they could continue that drive for another minute or two and then they'd kick the field goal and that would be a win for one of the teams or yeah I, it's but I, anyway that just besides that weird I think um, play uh, it was yeah I think it was just Mahomes kind of being magical all night in a in a in a game that seemed like nobody was ever open. The receivers were kind of constantly getting mugged. Uh, there wasn't like a, it didn't seem like anyone could go down uh, deep down uh, the field that he could throw it too deep. Everything was short. Um, I guess he didn't miss, miss Hart. He didn't see Hardman on one kind of down the middle throw, but he ran for a touchdown on the next play. So it didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and, they, but, and they got three shots at the uh, two point conversion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, and, and he had. I guess he also had kind of bad interception luck. He had like like last year, we when the ball went off Kelsey's hands and into. That was the only points that led to the only points that Tennessee scored in that um, second half, which mm-hmm. almost was enough. When they were up, yeah, up by eight. That was a. Uh, they were up by eight most of that, like you know, for twenty minutes, you know, twenty five minutes of game time almost, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it was an interesting, very frustrating kind of nerve wracking game from a Chiefs fan perspective, and not one that, yeah, like you said, it was earlier. Uh, it wasn't the most 
fun game to watch. And when they until they said like Mahomes had 400 plus yards passing, did you know that he had that many yards? I think he got a lot of it in the last quarter, the last like eight minutes of game time, pretty much, right? Um, and and I think uh, a big chunk of it was on the very last play of um of regulation. They had a a long pass to uh, Hardman where oh, they. Yeah. Where they'd um you know basically just like dropped way back, dropped all their defensive players. Um, basically you know it was somewhat similar 60, to sixty yards back, and I think uh, Hardman ended up with like maybe forty yards on that play. And yeah, you know, was, that's that's, probably, that's really what pushed uh, Mahomes' numbers up. Stuff like yeah, that. it was somewhat similar to a play, a five, maybe five or six years ago. I think this was still when Alex Smith was quarterback. When he they I think they're playing the Cowboys, and it was like the end of the half, and they threw Tyreek Hill short down the field and he ran it all the way and got a touchdown before half uh and yeah. it was like a 60 yard play or something like that before halftime and yeah. but like hill caught it like at the 30 and ran it in the rest of the way even yeah. with like the defense all the way back it was um you know so hardman couldn't quite replicate what, what, what hill did but yeah i think that's kind of what they were going for um, yeah, i mean if you, can, if you can create it you know a situation where it's essentially a punt return right he's in the open field and, and able to like try to you know weave you know left or right out however he's or come backwards yeah he's got enough room he can create something if given enough time right yeah yeah um this is also maybe some some type of role that Kadarius tony maybe can carve for himself as a deep threat or as a you know, another punt returner or kind of guy who can open up the field for some of the other other players you know he actually caught a couple of passes which i was a little bit surprised about he was in he was in on the very first couple of plays yeah um you can see the quickness on the second catch that he had especially like he made a very tight cut yeah he pretty interesting i think if he's if he's healthy and, and motivated yeah he had some good blocks too and they showed one time he, he really knocked over this linebacker on, a, on like a, a running running play uh, so maybe yeah, maybe he yeah, maybe he is motivated by the Chiefs, which he wasn't, especially it seems like in New York because the um, uh, the Giants, you know, regime that picked him was no longer there. The coach and the general manager, and then the new coach and GM picked a guy who was just like him in the draft, like in the second round or something like that. And Rondell Rondell White, I think is his name, um, and yeah, so he he never really fit in. It seems like in New York, and even though he got those uh, uh, tattoos, did you see? Did you see? No, the story about his tattoos. I did not. So uh, Tony got like um, the New York skyline tattooed on his back, Ooh, and like yeah. it's his like number eighty nine, which is what his number was. This is like so he's got this like whole back size tattoo that says eighty nine and has the New York uh, skyline on it, and now he is. It number 19 in Kansas City. So, um, yeah, I, I was a little surprised he didn't keep the number just because of the tattoo, but uh, he's, he's going, I don't know, maybe they'll cover it up or... Yeah, maybe, is he, is he going to have that redone? Is he just going to have it um, morphed into the Kansas City skyline? Yeah, um, I don't know. And change the number or what do you think? What's your prediction there? I, maybe he'll get one on his chest <laughs> that's just the same size. I'm not sure. I think it's, it's, yeah, I was, 
uh, I was, yeah, I, I thought that was really funny when, when I saw it. So, um, but it, it, gives, it gives a show that uh, tattoos are uh, maybe not the best investment when you're first starting your career. Uh, and maybe, you know, you can see where you've, you know, see what's, what, what's going to happen before you get the, um, you get the, you can get the giant one. You know, if it's related to your job or <laughs> maybe spouse or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um bold <laughs> any, any other comments about the chiefs game uh, uh a couple um little um piece of trivia for you let's see how you deal with this all right um with uh, mahomes prolific uh game uh yes so he was is up 68 pass completions is I believe uh, third most in the history of the NFL for quarterbacks. Um, who are the two that have uh, more passing attempts than Mahomes? I remember hearing this maybe the day after the game or maybe during the game that uh, I knew, remember who number one was. Maybe I, I think I might know number two too. I'm, I'm going to guess. Um, it, I think number one was Drew Bledsoe. I think he had 70. That's correct. In a game. I don't know if they won or not out of the Patriots. I think it was with the Patriots. They did win 26-20. Again, again, not a very high score either for that many yeah. uh, passes. It, how many yards? How many yards? was um, in overtime. It was in overtime. Yeah. So uh, Bloodsoe threw a 14-yard touchdown pass to Kevin Turner in overtime to win the game. Okay. I have a guess for number two. I think I may have heard this a long time ago, um, or I remember it. Is it Vinny Test? Is it Vinny Testaverde? That's, that's number two, that right? Yes. He had sixty-nine, I think, in a, in a, like a, in a normal game. The Jets, uh, Jets in a Jets um, loss to Baltimore. A non-overtime game, I think. Correct, non-overtime. Just, Thirty. They lost thirty-four to twenty. But yeah, it's, uh, not great. Uh, Thirty-six of sixty-nine. 481 yards passing, though. Yeah, two touchdowns, three picks. <laughs> that sounds like Vinny Testaverde. I remember yeah. he was yeah, – he played for both the – he played for both the Jets and the Ravens um, and the Buccaneers, of course. Uh, I remember when – yeah, he was he was one of the first um, college quarterbacks that I remember seeing on TV a lot when he won the Heisman Trophy, like maybe 87 or something like that. And, um, yeah, so I remember Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, because yeah, partly because his name uh, sounded cool. That was a pretty yeah. ugly game too, by um, by you, the numbers. Because you, uh, you know what test, um, you know what test counterpart, His counterpart, uh, Trent Dilfer, eleven mm-hmm. of twenty-five for ninety-nine yards. Similar, that's similar to the Mahomes, uh, Malik Willis game. That's that's true. Yeah. Playing another team that is yeah, just a running team. Uh, probably had Jamal Lewis or somebody on the on the Ravens at that point. Mm. And um, was it maybe the Ray Lewis defense Ravens? But oh, yeah, was, oh, I was like, how did they score so many points? Because they like it looks like Baltimore only had about they didn't even approach 200 yards of offense. Maybe there's a pick six, pick six in there or something. It was there was a 98 yard interception return, there was also a 54 yard punt return and an 89 yard punt return. <laughs> Did they, have three touch, did they have three special, three defense or special teams touchdowns? Correct. 
Wow. It's a, so Baltimore scoring 34 points on, on about 200, less than 200 yards of offense. So they scored 21 points, not, or 21 were non offensive related. Right. Wow. Yeah. Assuming they made the extra uh, total, total yards 142 <laughs> and, and managed to put up 34 points. Wow. This was this, those interceptions plus those punt returns. Um, they must have really killed the Jets that day. Yeah, for sure. What year was that? Like '99 or something, maybe? Or that was uh, 2000. Oh, you're using that would have been the world. That would have been that would have been the Super Bowl champion year then for the for the Ravens. Right. Okay. And then the um, 46 um, completions, 43 completions for uh, Mahomes was, was fourth highest in the game okay uh, one of those players is the same uh that w- had more completions i guess Bledsoe, Bledsoe maybe then out of 70 uh, two other quarterbacks had more completions in a game that were not Bledsoe t- or testiverde name hmm. those name those two let me think i don't this is this is gonna be harder um it is it, it, it will be harder but I will give a hint that here that they are they are um, very recent quarterbacks. Okay. Did Tom Brady do it at one time? One one is still active. The other has very recently retired. Very recently retired. Is Tom Brady one of them? Brady uh, is not. Oh, he is um, 14th on the list with 41 completions, which drops all the way down to 14. Uh, oh, it must have been a lot of ties 14. then, I guess, right? For 43 and 42. Right. Okay, I remember. I remember Brady sometimes. There's two had guys to... tied for first, Bledsoe and one other, uh, and then there's one guy by himself at third, and then Mahomes is tied with three other players. So what? And one is still active, and one is recently retired. One, one is still active, uh, but playing for a different team. Mm, is is that Matthew Stafford? Maybe. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Um... But but there there's a connection to him though. Connection to Stafford. Was oh, Jerry? Is it Jared Goff? It is Jared Goff. <laughs> they switched. They switched places. Yeah. yeah. So how many is Jared Goff uh, tied for first, or is he second? Jared Goff tied for first. Third. Like forty-five completions in a single game. How many yards did he have on those forty-five? He had. 517 passing yards. Ooh, wow. 68 pass attempts. 517, so more than Mahomes did. Yeah. He must have had some bigger throw, bigger uh, completions. Was that um hmm, okay. So that so it's Goff. So and, and then the other one is just recently retired. And that, and that was in a in a shoot like shootout loss to Tampa. 55-40 was the final in that Ooh, game, okay. Uh, three seasons ago. I'm gonna guess uh, Roethlisberger for Roethlisberger is correct. The other one, he had 44 completions in a game against uh, Baltimore. 39-38 win against Baltimore. Pretty recently, Roethlisberger was uh, 2017. 20, yeah, yeah, so I remember one one of those years. Roethlisberger had over 5,000 yards passing, I think. And this game he was he was forty four of sixty six for five hundred and six yards. Wow! Yeah, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. 
interesting. Uh, so Mahomes is up there. So he had fewer yards and fewer touchdowns than than any of those that were really around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because only one. T- I guess he had a, he had a rushing touchdown, but um, I think I saw that he was the only person to throw for more than four hundred yards and uh, rush for over sixty yards, and I think have passing touchdown and rushing touchdown. Uh, yeah, yeah, only one for the game for Mahomes, but yeah, um, so in the air. Yeah. Oh, going back to Vinny Testaverde. Do you know? Do you remember? Do you know what Testaverde means in Ooh. Italian? Mm-mm. Or verde, I mean green, I assume. Testa mm-hmm. is, is head, so it's green head, which really seems strange to me because you don't see many, uh, you might see other uh, colors of hair, but I don't, I don't um, think. Is that, yeah, what, is, is there an origin for that? Is that like a, is that like a mocking name that was given to somebody uh, in, his, in his history, you think? Or is that. Uh... Something unrelated. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I guess maybe he maybe they wore green hats or green a green helmet, maybe. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, isn't that? It's let's. Um, yeah, I I, I I yeah. There's you know like you'll see. Um, Testarossa or something like the Ferrari Testarossa, which is a redhead, yeah, or like Norman Schwarzkopf, the uh, blackhead, or I think Tom Weisskopf, the golfer, was whitehead, but even whitehead was the last, you know, in um, English, the mathematician, but yeah, it's yeah, I've yeah, greenhead is 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 odd to me, yeah, no, that is strange. I wonder. I wonder if it was something else had, and then kind of morphed into Verde. Like, is there some other Italian word that might describe a uh, hair color or something? Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Italian well enough to hazard a guess. But. Yeah. But he, when he played for the Jets, though, I guess literally he was a green head. Right. Since, although they had white helmets at that point, most of probably most of most of. Vinny's career. I don't think they have the old uh, green jets, like 1980s green jets helmets. They had those white um, ones with the green football. But he still had some green on his head, I guess. Yeah. How about uh, going the other story of the of the uh, week? What do you think of what do you think is going on in in uh, Indianapolis, uh, Andrew? Yeah. So I think um, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, right? Um, and I think yeah, I think that Frank Reich was more or less trying to like buy himself another at least half a season or maybe a year and a half by basically blaming Matt Ryan for all the problems and and trying to just um, you know switch quarterbacks. Um, yeah, you know, I, and, it, and it you know didn't didn't work at all. And then I think uh, what it's there. There um, was it Jimmy Ursay, right? Is the is the owner? Yeah, Ursay. Yeah, thinking about he probably just got fed up with it and said, "Well, yeah, I'm not sure that happened." That's my guess as to what happened. Well, he brought in Jeff Saturday. I think they said though that El, uh, Ellinger, 
Unger is going to stay the quarterback. So yeah. it's not like they're going to go to a different quarter. They're still going to stick well, with isn't, him. Is it, Ryan's still hurt though, anyway, isn't he? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think, but I think he, it seems like they're going. Maybe he's getting closer to being back. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's, it was the fact. I think that, like you know, you know, Reich had made that comment about saying that he was going to switch to Ellinger anyway. Yeah, that, I think that's where it started to get weird, right? Like, I, I, think, I think it was. I think an, he was I, in full, like trying to save his own job mode. I think it was an ownership decision. I think, I think, I think Reich probably thought we were okay still with Carson Wentz, and they got rid of Carson Wentz. And then he thought, okay, we're going to stick with Ryan. And then, and then I think Ursa says, no, we don't want Ryan either. We want um, Ellinger, and you have to deal with it. And I think there was, I think it's, I think this is just Ursa wanting to do what he feels like with the team. And then so he goes, yeah. he's going to bring in his buddy uh, Jeff Saturday randomly to be the coach the rest of the season because yeah. he wants, uh, I don't know, he wants somebody to. Well, that that one is. The actual selection of Saturday seems somewhat less surprising than, than firing coach midstream, I think, anyway. But because it's I, I, there, you know, there aren't a lot of uh, guys just sitting around waiting for a job. And and this, they don't have to even go outside the organization. Like, you know, yeah. all the college well, coaches are, are occupied, all the pro coaches are occupied right now. So well, there are there are two assistant coaches on the Colts staff who have been head coaches before. Yeah. Did, they, uh, did, Gus, they, did they just get rid of their offensive coordinator, though, too? Wasn't yeah. That? He didn't call so, I me. Mean, yeah. yeah, so maybe, they, maybe that had something to do with it at least anyway, but... but they have, still have Gus Brad, Gus Bradley and John yeah. Fox, uh, who went to the Super Bowl a couple of times. And, you know, they could have picked one of those two guys. But, weird, yeah. yeah, or like, you know, put, you know Reg, if they wanted like an old player, they could have had Reggie Wayne. Uh, he was the, he's the wide receivers coach. He could have been bumped up. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just it was so strange uh, yeah. uh, that uh, Saturday got picked. I guess he had been, if they said, in a consulting role with the Colts, mm-hmm. even while he was uh, an ESPN analyst. So mm-hmm. he apparently has some head coaching experience, albeit at the uh, high school level, Mike. Yeah, high school level. <laughs> well, he played in the NFL, I guess too. He's not. Oh, yeah. He's not. He's. I guess he's not just uh, you know fresh off the turnip truck, but. It's still a, it's just, it, like, I don't know what advantage firing the coach in the middle of the season does, especially since they were technically still within playoff, in the mm-hmm. playoff race, because who knows what's going to you know happen to Tennessee. They could fall apart. They don't have a quarterback, um, you know, and the rest of the division, Jacksonville and Houston aren't going anywhere. So you know, they beat the Chiefs, yeah. you know, so it's like. If they even keep... now they're they're you know they're only two games back to yeah. see, so it's not that it's not a stretch to maybe they think Sa- maybe he thinks Saturday can really motivate him. Uh I don't know. That's just bizarre to me. That's that's the uh most head scratching uh they, decision. They are also um two games back of the last wild card spot too, if you're curious. It's not <laughs> it'd be just as easy to win the division as it is to I don't think they'll be able to sneak into the wild. I think there are more teams that are going to be up there with them. I think, I think, I think the division is their, is their best, unless, unless Tennessee really goes on a roll, Mm -hmm. which is possible. They, they looked pretty good against the Chiefs, even without like having much of an incredible uh, threat of throwing the ball. Um, Yeah. Um, Did any other, any other games of, 
Oh, do you want to want to talk about our bets we uh for this week for for this sure. past week? Yeah, we, we both can, we, can do that. we did better than we did the previous week. I, I had my uh, personal best week actually. So I really turned it around after my zero and three week. Roaring back. Yeah, but you 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 were we were tied going in to this week at eleven and fourteen. Is that right? Uh, ten and fourteen. Ten and fourteen. Ten and fourteen. Yeah. And you slightly, slightly, slightly pulled into the lead in this one. Um, U- utilizing the first push of the season for us at the midpoint now, nine nine weeks in, we finally got our first push bet, and it was mine. Well, gave me a des- slight des- edge. Describe, describe how you feel about the, about the, the push. Um, what game, what well, game was it? I mean, it, it was in a pretty uh, bad situation, right? Because it was a uh, very, very end of the last um Last play of the game, essentially. Yeah, you uh, would. Uh, Brady, Brady, um, driving back, um, after giving the ball, being given the ball, they probably shouldn't have had. Uh, game winning yes. drive in the last minutes. Yeah, so the Bucks were favored by three, and they were losing basically the whole game mm-hmm. uh, to the Rams. And then the one drive that the that the uh, Buccaneers had all game that went to the went even close to the end zone. Uh, was the last one, and then so when they scored the touchdown, kicks the extra point, they won by three, right? Um, yeah, and the last, well, they they got the ball back with like only about a minute to go. Yeah, and they and they drove very quickly down the field. What was it? Uh, down six, thirteen to six nine plays, sixty yards in thirty five seconds. Yeah, so Brady, magic, yeah. awarded you. He At least not, you still. Uh, Played very well in that game either, but but still managed to get together for for a minute. At least you still got the push on that one. I had a even, I think, an even more heartbreaking, um, mean, a meaningless miss, near miss since I I it was it starting to happen early in the week in the Thursday game. I picked the uh, Eagles uh, Texans game. The over under was forty five, I believe, That's and right. I. And I went with the under 45 and the game ended up being 29, 17, 46. That insult to injury, the final two points of the, of uh, the Eagles tally was added on a two point conversion after they went up by 10 points because of a penalty, I guess, on, uh, the Texans during the extra point, they moved the they moved it half the distance, and then the Eagles decided to go for two to win by twelve, lead by twelve rather than lead by eleven. Technically, eleven uh, is only a two score, only a touchdown and field goal, I guess. And <laughs> that that was I, yeah, it was a. I think that was what, a pretty bad. What's great in that scenario is you know after they score the touchdown, you know all three possibilities are on the table um, on the extra point alone. If they miss the extra point, they hit the, it's the under. If, mm-hmm. they, if they just go for the extra point and get it, it's a push. But if they go for two, they they um, get the hit the over. So I just it, I think it's cool because it's like a single play. <laughs> All three possibilities are on the table, right? Yeah, it really shows you also that Las Vegas really knows what they're doing when they are making these <laughs> uh, point spreads and over unders because like yeah that um, forty five yeah. That, so do you, and, do you think and, they win for the two uh, because of this because of the over under line? 
I think they had anything to do with it, or just, or was it just solely that they had half a distance to the goal? So, uh, so a two point conversion, they only have to get like one and a half or one and a quarter yards. I think, I think it was the, um, that they were, they would have gotten, they were got closer, but also there was still a lot of time left in the game. It's made it a little surprising that the, um, the the didn't score any points. And, and you could argue that if they were only up by 11, maybe the Texans would have been able to kick a field goal and then go for the touchdown later uh so that it was still would have it still would have gone over uh but who knows it's it's a you know if they had been thwarted maybe for that two-point conversion maybe it would have stayed that way or or maybe the eagles would have thought well we need to score more points and we're going to kick another field goal or something so it's hard to say but uh it turned out to be by that one point and on two-point conversion so that was a little bit of a sting but it was Still, even though I lost that one, it was still much better than my losses the previous week had been. Those those were all pretty brutal uh, bets that I made, as they turned out. So that wasn't too bad. So we've we've discussed our non wins of last week. Uh, we each won two as well. What, what what games did you win on? What's um, the first game that you won on? I I picked the. Um... Seahawks were um, two dog, a two-point underdog at Arizona, um, and that one uh, went the way that I'd thought. I pretty much thought it would go. Yeah, so Seattle ended up um, leading a lot of the game, and then um, scored a little extra at the end to to cruise through to a ten-point win um, at Arizona. Yeah, Seattle's been one of the stories, surprise stories of. Uh, the year they um they they've they've i think they're six and three now leading the leading the western uh division of the nfc and geno smith looks like a star if not a at least a solid uh quarterback that i don't know if anybody he's you know really outplaying russell wilson this year and so yeah do you think that uh that the seahawks can keep this up do you think they're as good as they seem right now i think they seem like they're a pretty decent team they've got a, they've got at least an okay defense a pretty a pretty decent defense and their offense is just good enough they actually put some points on the board too it's not just that they have like the tennessee type offense where they have to just run the ball into the ground and then they can score points that way um that seems like they can actually they can actually score they, have, they do have a couple good receivers too dk Metcalf yeah. and, and uh, tyler lockett Tyler Lockett, Metcalf, yeah, and they have, uh, even though they've had running back injuries, Rashad Penny got hurt, mm-hmm. they have um, Kenneth Walker, rookie. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot he's of been, others. He's been consistent for the. They have a lot of other solid rookie, rookie contributors, yeah. too. I think the uh, cornerback is really good. I think there's both of their starting tackles are rookies as well who have played pretty well. So it's um, maybe a testament to Pete Carroll that he knew what he was doing maybe more than we thought Russell, you know, we thought that he was holding Russell Wilson back and maybe the game had passed him by and, and stuff like that. But uh, at least so far this year, it looks like he's had the last laugh. And he's had far more success than um, Belichick has had without Brady. Typically you think that the, um, the coaches have more to do with it than, than you'd guess. Yeah. Although, although Belichick, it seems like the, uh, the Patriots now are coming into their own. They're, they have a five. They're, they're they're in last. They're in last place in the NFC East, but they still have a five and four record. 
Mm. And they were they were the subject of my another one of my bets. Again, over, they were favored by five and a half over Indianapolis. I I didn't realize again Indianapolis last week wasn't in the crazy situation even it, it, compared to this week. Even uh, they still had their coach, even though they had Ellinger starting. They were um, I didn't think they could score very many points. I thought I thought the Patriots would score, you know, enough points. Uh, to win at least by a touchdown and it turned out that was an easy win uh, for the Patriots they won 26 to 3 over the Colts the Colts never really threatened to score very much so um, that was a that was a comfortable win on on my part so I felt I felt good about that and uh, the Patriots came through they didn't come through for me against the the Bears a couple of weeks ago I think if I remember correctly Uh, what, so, what do you think the um, the total passing yards came down in that game? Combine the two quarterbacks, what I'll say over ooh. under uh, two hundred yards combined. Combined, ooh. I know you want me to take the under, but you're going so low. I'm on, I so I, I would guess that Mac Jones probably threw for one fifty, and maybe Ellinger for like sixty five or something. I'm gonna go over. It was it was over. <laughs> it was, uh, Eligible for 103, Mac Jones for 147. Okay, so very close. You're very close on your guesses. Yeah, Elinger had a little more success than I thought. He was, I thought I thought of him as being a little bit more in Malik Willis territory, but yeah, if Zappy had played, do you think do you think they would have had more passing yards? Do you think do you think they? Yeah, yeah. Think... There, there were there were plenty of attempts in the game. There's um 59 attempts between the two quarterbacks, but just um yeah, just not a lot of yards. So. Yards. Yeah, that's only five yards per attempt combined. That's that's or less, yeah. pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, not 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 impressive. Um, do you yeah, think no, Do you think there still is a quarterback controversy in New England? Or are they going to stick with Jones? It doesn't seem to be that there's a controversy because um they've I think they've gone with Jones for the last two full games without swapping quarterbacks seems like it's jones turn until he loses it i suppose that's what it, that's what it seems like at least yeah i could see the offseason being a, mm. a, a kind of an open competition if, if those are the two quarterbacks that stay because i don't think jones has really shown anything that zappy can't do he might maybe maybe slightly fewer turnovers from jones but i think Zappy seems to be more explosive in his mm-hmm. in his passing, which is again one guy's the Heisman or you know Heisman Trophy finalist at least from Alabama, and the other guy's the you know Western Kentucky kid. You know, so it's it's it's, it's uh, surprising how you know the the star players in the NFL really can come from can come from anywhere, even though we think of them coming from the, the kind of blue chip uh, programs. And uh, what was what was your final bet that, uh, that, that won for you? Final, final pick was um, the Monday night game, uh, Baltimore at New Orleans. Yeah, well, um, Baltimore played pretty well through most of the game. It managed to score a little bit extra at the end and uh, won twenty seven thirteen. Uh, Baltimore's favored by three, so easily covering the uh, yeah. And one of those touchdowns by New Orleans, I think, was like in the last few minutes anyway. So it was 27 mm-hmm. to 6 going into the, four, into the fourth quarter or, or well into the fourth quarter. So, yeah, that was a comfortable, comfortable victory. It, you, it was not wrecked by, uh, you know, some sort of strange Taysom Hill game. Uh, I think Hill only he threw, he threw one pass and 
he ran it one time. He only he only had the ball in his hands like twice the whole game. So that's uh, really odd for them. His usage is is really strange. Yeah, especially you think if they're paying him that much money, they're going to want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. Especially if the quarterback situation. Oh wait, he did. A, he had one carry, one pass. And he was targeted once. He was targeted once, but he did not have any reception. No, so. no completion. He was involved on three plays. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe Baltimore's game plan was to to um, neutralize Taysom Hill. I think, that, <laughs> I think that was it. Possibly. Yeah, not for, 243 total yards for New Orleans, 319 for Baltimore, not very many either side. That was a another defensive struggle. Defensive struggle, even though it turned out it looks yeah, Lamar Jackson only had 133 yards passing. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, some good rushing, but you know, mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was yeah, that was a a game where it looked, you know, it seems like the Ravens are really coming on, but you know, they, they didn't overwhelm New Orleans and on on like the counting stats. So it's a yeah, and I don't know if New, I don't know if the Ravens really are. I at least I th- at one point I thought they were maybe the third best team in the AFC. I'm not quite as sure anymore, but the Ravens I guess were missing Mark Andrews and some other guys. Yeah, they are up to six and three now. So six and three. I think by record they they are in that category around third, right? Yeah, so we have the Bills at seven and one. They are three, I mean, six. Right? I mean, the Bills at six and two. The Chiefs at six and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Ravens and Dolphins are both six and three. Yes. And the That's Jets are six and three. The Jets, yeah, are six and three. So games. those are the, so five teams with six wins. Yeah. All the three of them have played nine games. Correct. Yeah. And. Uh, Titans are one three. And uh, Chargers are at five and three, and that's that's the current playoff picture. Yeah, and the Titans are five and three for winning the division. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are five and four, and so are the Patriots. So there are four, six, seven, nine teams above five hundred with at least five mm-hmm. wins mm-hmm. on the AFC. And I think that's turning out to be a little bit more like what we thought coming in that the AFC was the stronger conference mm-hmm. because we have. On the NFC side now, Philadelphia eight and Dallas six and two, the Giants six and two, the Vikings seven and one, the Seahawks six and three. So there are only five teams with winning records in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But the ones that have winning records are solidly winning. You know, the, the Seahawks are the worst of the winning records, the six and three. When it, and it, the, the odd thing is, the they have a, there's a division leader with a losing record. Yeah, I could see that division being one. The, the NFC South, uh, there's Tampa and Atlanta tied four, tied at four and five. Mm-hmm. The Saints are three and six. The Panthers are two and seven. I could see, I could see that division being one, nine eight at the kind of high end. Eight and nine, I think, is mm-hmm. pretty. Pretty you likely. Wouldn't be surprised at all by that. No, I think, and also, I think if Tampa wins at eight and nine, they could make it to the NFC Championship game relatively easily, given how 
weak the NFC is, especially if you look at the starting quarterbacks, you know, so it's, you know, so if Tampa hosts, you know, who could, you know, well, they would they get, they'd get a home game too. They'd get a home game. game. So they, they would host yeah. like, you know, they, it, it's possible they would host the New York giants, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones on the road against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they won that game, they, they, could, they would probably host you know, the, the giants or the Cowboys, whoever doesn't, whoever finishes second mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the East. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, maybe they're hosting uh, the giants the, and then if they win, maybe they're going to go to Seattle or go to uh, Minnesota. <laughs> and so it's either Geno Smith or Kirk cousins uh, in the next round. And so, you know, it's maybe they wouldn't face a good team until the championship. I, although I think, I think San Francisco is probably in there. And I think probably one of either the, um, Eagles or the Cowboys, I think, are pretty legit teams. I think they would probably play. But given the quarterback play, is is Jalen Hurts the best quarterback in the NFC? Is that because his team has the most wins? I think you'd you'd have to you'd have to or, say that at least consider would Gino, it. I guess or would Geno Smith be the best? He has the highest quarterback rating. It's yeah. I mean, who who do you want in the if you're going to pick a quarterback, who are you going to build around? It's not going to be either of them, right? I mean, no, it's, I, it's, you're looking at the whole league anyway. But maybe it's Jalen Hurts, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, if you look at the whole league, you know, you would, there's probably six, seven, eight quarterbacks in the AFC that you might take mm-hmm. ahead of. So, you, you know, it would kind of go through them. You know, you, so Mahomes, obviously, Josh Allen, obviously, uh, Burrow, Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson, that's five. Um, mm-hmm. Are you Tua? You think, given his? Well, I mean, in a before the season started, you'd put Brady and and Rogers in there. Yeah, I don't know that you would today. Yeah, I don't know either. And, like Staff- picking, and maybe Stafford yeah. um, wouldn't be up there. Uh, yeah, you have, and or, or maybe even Goff could be in the upper half, but probably not in the top ten anyway. But no. uh, I guess Deshaun Watson, maybe, uh, if he ever plays again. I guess he will later this season. But he's going to have, when he plays for the Browns, he's going to miss, have missed almost two straight years in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, there's – and then I'm trying to think of the other quarterbacks that are – Tyler Murray, would he be out there anywhere Tyler, in the top ten? Because he is very mobile. He is, he is, but he, is, he and Hertz are, are similar. Mm-hmm. Hertz like, is stylized. more. Hertz is more durable. He's a like a broader, stouter guy. I think Murray is shorter and slighter, and I think is more likely to be injured. But than, they're both um, mobile quarterbacks that can throw. That uh, played for and, and played for Oklahoma. Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or spent at least um, some time in the Big Twelve. Spent some time, yeah. Because Hertz also played at Alabama. Which of those Alabama uh, quarterback would you take? Uh, you know, there's Mac. You have uh, Tua, Mac Jones, and Hertz. Uh, it seems like Tua's having the best year. Of- yeah, I mean, if I was gonna try to build a team around, I, I would take Hertz though, just because um, he seems like he's been through the most in college. Like, you know, transferring from a mostly running team to a mostly passing team and, and did well in both systems um 
won a championship, right, in, in um, Alabama. And then, yeah. But I think um, it, a lot of it was also because Tua came in as a replacement when Hurts got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, it, but so do you think Tua's success in the NFL is more owed to just simply having Tyreek Hill and uh, Mike McDaniel, the offensive mastermind? Rather than yeah, his he's own, he's got yeah two really good re- receivers. Jalen Waddle, yeah. Jalen Waddle, um, yeah. I mean, he'd ha- I think they had to redesign how they they um, you know use um, Tyree Kill because they he, Tua can't throw it far enough downfield to um, really use Tyree Kill's full capabilities. So it's a lot of it's short passes that Hill turns into bigger plays. But mm-hmm. Waddle, you know, Waddle's the same way. You get yeah. two guys like that on the same team. Yeah, he, he has to, you know, be able to credit a lot of the success to those to the having that receiving core. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Anyway, what is that? You think, <laughs> I think so too. That same, same kind of thing, or, or although you could say maybe Joe Burrow has something similar mm-hmm. in Jamar Chase and you know, T Higgins and um that that crew, mm-hmm. though. It seems like compared, like, you know, Burrow doesn't have the offensive line either that, that I think Miami has. And, other, and, you know, I guess he's, yes. And both of them have had injuries already. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 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 I forgot to mention one quarterback that maybe you would take in the NFC. Uh, that's Justin Fields. Given, the, given his success the last few weeks, it seems like maybe the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears open up and then that was and he and the bear and the bears were my um third bet this uh this this week i thought right. bears were bears plus five against the dolphins i thought they would keep it close maybe even beat miami um i, I think i think I, I sort of think it too as kind of a mirage really but um but uh it was a 35 32 game the bears were close but they uh, were within the five got got it you know it was almost it was kind of touch and go there for a while but uh, the Bears kept it close enough, so that was my second. It took, it took uh, three and a half minutes left in the game for the Bears to cover that spread. Yeah, so it, it should have been pretty tense there because it went the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, they had it close at halftime. I think they were within mm-hmm. three or four in the first half, but then uh, Miami opened kind of a big lead, and the Bears came back heroically to cover the spread, and that 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 pleased uh, this would be. Gambler, yeah, it took um, yeah, Fields had a 61 yard run for a touchdown, and then they and then they um, got the two point conversion also. So, without yeah. without that two point, had they failed on the two, had they failed the two point conversion, it would have been a push, it would have it could have been a you could have had a push also, yeah, yeah. So, I live by the two pointer, <laughs> I died, yeah. yeah. Were there any other games that caught your eye last week? Well, um, yeah. So, should we do the um, finish the recap for the betting competition real quick, and then? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's finish that. Just do the um, yeah. So, uh, for the season now, the halfway point, you're at um, ten and fourteen. Oh no, you're at uh, twelve and fifteen. Twelve and fifteen. Twelve and fifteen. Not too shabby. Dollars. We've been through nine weeks. I'm only losing thirty three dollars a week now. I'm I'm down. I'm up to um, twelve and fourteen. And one with push, uh, minus two hundred dollars. So you're only losing. Tr- you're only losing twenty two dollars. And the um, 
in the last uh, four weeks, though, I have clawed back to an eight, three and one record, though. So I'm, I think finally have figured out something. Maybe we'll see. You've, you've, you've stumbled onto a system. Probably. And you're, you're going to take this all the way to the all the way to Vegas, Reno, perhaps. And <laughs> or just down the street into, uh, you know, Casey King. Yeah, okay. Um, maybe they kick you out because you uh, of, of the local casinos because you really have an edge and uh you know they don't they don't have the bank to uh cover uh your big bets you're like a uh, mattress mac with the uh world what series he, on the line did he get like was it a 75 million dollar bet 75 million yeah i think he also had money on the phillies okay I heard a story that said that that was like the largest known bet. Yeah, he won seventy-five million, record-setting uh, thing. But I think he, I think there was also a bet that he had made that the Phillies might win the NL hmm. at some point, and but he usually loses those big bets. Yeah. And um, yeah, he says it says he it said he would make money even if the Phillies won. Uh, so I guess he bet the Astros probably early in the year, mm-hmm. and then probably bet the then maybe hedged and bet Phillies um, to win at some point during the win, or maybe when the World Series started, you could bet on the Phillies and they were yeah. an underdog. So maybe you bet a little. 20 million on the Phillies <laughs> a, li- a would, little yeah right. but then you but then you would win maybe they're probably three to one underdogs maybe win 60 million of the Phillies win and you maybe you bet I don't know what he what the Astros were I think it was like I think they said somewhere like, I think I want to say it was something like eight to one eight to one because yeah, it was so made, it was early in the season that he put the, the large bet, bet 10 maybe 10 10-ish million on the Astros and they won something 75. like that that's yeah and so, yeah, I think betting then betting the Phillies, if it's like three to one, that would be a good bet to make, just so you mm-hmm. you would you would come out on top either way that way, right? Yeah, but if, if we had all that money, we we would be really smart in how to. Um, I, don't know. I think I think most of us would just put it in the, uh, mutual funds and the stock market things like that where we would. Yeah, we you would wouldn't have put um like uh, twenty thirty million on the uh, Packers Lions game. <laughs> last weekend yeah, the, the lion the money line yeah uh <laughs> lions win out right yeah so do you think you would have come, think... come out all right on that one yeah <laughs> if we had bet against these old quarterbacks we'd be doing really well but i guess two of them I've played sort last of week. been doing that with i've been betting against tampa i've been my one of my strategies it almost paid off this time but you were, but but you also had to ride Stafford, so uh, that was maybe the that was maybe what cost you. Yeah. This week, maybe we'll talk about our bets this week soon. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe you'll do better since you have you'll you'll you have a relatively youthful, thirty-two year old, uh, Geno Smith. I guess yes. he, he's he's older for a quarterback, still well younger than us, but he doesn't have the mileage on him that. You know, he's been sitting on the. He's been, you know, wrapped in bubble wrap the last eight years. Right. Uh, <laughs> Carrying the clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ooh, yeah. I mean, 
what do you think about Rogers' performance? Three, those three picks were all bad. Well, like I guess the first one, one of them bats off a helmet or something, but still, they were all like in the red zone. Like one of them was like a fadeaway pass that was like ten yards short of his target, right to the Lions defender. Yeah, Rogers, is it is it time? Do you think that uh, you see what you have in Jordan Love? Do you? Remember we talked about this a few weeks yeah. ago. Do you would you play Jordan Love? What at what point do you play Jordan Love? Is it they're, when they're the, now on a five game losing streak? I can't they, imagine they go to to if they get to an eight game losing streak. I think they they basically have to do it. Right? And they're five they're five games out of the division race basically, seven and one, uh, seven and one Vikings who've already beaten Green Bay handily. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess yeah. you could say, well, the Vikings are going to play the Bills next week, so maybe that's a loss. So it's only four games back. But but the Bills may not have Jared Allen. You might not have Josh Allen, no. Josh um, Allen. Why did I say Jared yeah. Allen? Josh <laughs> Allen, yes. You were thinking of, uh, you were thinking of, of, of the right. Vikings defensive Chiefs. Lineman. Defensive lineman Jared Allen. Also, right. uh, the son Allen. of uh, North Kansas City, uh, Stalwart coach and German and English teacher Larry Allen's uh, son was named Jared, and Larry Allen, of course, was also a well-known uh, NFL player in the uh, 1990s, uh, 2000s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was great was that uh, yes, our, our uh, high school English teacher looked exactly like Cowboys offensive lineman. Larry <laughs> yes, he was a six foot five, three hundred and fifty pound. <laughs> African-American man. <laughs> <laughs> and not a 5'7 f- uh, bearded uh, white guy. Yes. I got it mixed up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, any, anything else from last week in the NFL that struck you besides uh, how bad some of the quarterbacks were? Yeah, it's been... It's been pretty rough to see some of these games, at least. Um, yeah, the um, well, yeah, I mean, I think maybe what's maybe the bi- biggest developing story maybe um, Josh Allen and seeing what his um, elbow looks like after they get these tests back. I guess. Um, yeah, I, 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 you mentioned earlier. It looked like he looked like a, a pitcher that was headed for Tommy John surgery. The way he was holding his elbow, and it was his UCL, which is the ligament that. Um, I've seen, yeah. If um pitchers do this, if they like mm-hmm. are like flexing their their forearm and they grab their forearm, mm-hmm. almost every time I've seen a pitcher do that, they they say like, oh, they're going to talk to James Andrews. Yeah, is about to be gone for a year. And and Allen did exactly that. Like between plays, was grab grabbing his forearm and flexing his hand. Yeah. And, I think it, that's it's an you know indicative of that. Uh, Do you think so? That, uh, yeah, drain and, if not tear, but yeah, we'll have to see what it is. I'm it, not quite sure. Also, happened on on an, on a contact play where his arm was like bent back mm-hmm. as he was trying. He to was throw. sacked and he lost. They got lost the ball briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure. Do you? I guess as a quarterback, it's similar motion as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. But do you use? You know, maybe you don't twist quite as much when you throw a, a a pass but you still want to you still want to spin the ball a spiral so maybe and it's probably pretty similar 
Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's more for like yeah stability. Like if you don't have an ACL, like actual you know ligament is not connected anymore. Like you can still stand on it, but you don't have a lot of you know side to side stability, mm -hmm. um, which is really what that that ligament does. Um, and it does the same kind of thing in the, in the elbow. So like I think it'd still function, but it's probably going to hurt a lot. <laughs> it's going to ache, and yeah, uh, quite the control. Um, especially on, on release of the ball. Um, so like velocity, distance, accuracy are all going to go down. I don't know how far, but, you know, we have to just have to see like how bad, how bad the injury. Because yeah. Allen did throw the ball really far on that last play, right? Like, like a play or two after he hurt his mm. elbow and he threw about, well, about 70 yards in the air mm. uh, towards Gabe Davis, but he didn't catch it against the Jets in that loss. Uh, but yeah, that's, that'll be interesting. Sometimes in, yeah. Um, even when they have the UCL sort of thing, it seems like the pitcher sometimes go another pitch or two before mm -hmm. they really uh, realize how bad it is. So mm -hmm. it's possible um, that sometimes they'll even pitch another, do another start or two before they. I think now they've become a little more aware, but it's happened in the past where pitchers have gone, you know, further into their, uh, you know, performance for that season. With the injury, where they probably should have had gone ahead and had it repaired, but um, you know, and depends on how how bad how severe it is. If it's a just a you know a mild strain, then it may not keep him out of any games. But I guess he has had some UCL issue in the past. I guess he missed about four games in his rookie season mm -hmm. um, with with a similar injury. So we'll have to see. Yeah, how these yeah. tests come back. Yeah, it's you know, Allen is as valuable to the Bills as Mahomes is to the Chiefs. I think maybe that you could say the Bills. I don't, I don't know. The Bills have Case Keenum as their backup, and the Bill, and the Chiefs have Chad, Chad Henney. Maybe Keenum is a slight advantage to Henney. I'm not sure at this point in their careers, but it's definitely not the same style of um, quarterback though. So the game plan would have to be redesigned pretty dramatically for either mm -hmm. if either of those quarterbacks go down, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with with Josh Allen. Um, do you want to move on to to baseball? We we briefly mentioned uh, Mattress Mac, the uh, the millionaire better. He of course bet on the Houston Astros, and the Astros won it in six games over the Phillies. Uh, it seemed like uh, that uh, World Series really turned in uh, game four at the end of the game when the Phillies were threatening uh, in almost in the ninth inning and uh, the was it right fielder of center center fielder center center fielder of uh, for Houston uh, McCormick. Chaz McCormick and they went on the win the World Series in six games that was I think that made this I think they tied the series up two to two and mm. then the Astros won the next two games no, and he, that yeah, that play was really the turning point of the entire series. That had if that had, ball had hit the wall, stayed in play. Um, what I think one run would have scored, and at least runner yeah. at second, um, probably with um, you know with only one out, um, which would have tied it. I think if I remember, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, it seems like, but it would have been a, a guy at second with with only one out and, and a chance to win. Yeah, it uh, seems like. 
yeah, the Phillies had would could have easily won that game had that mm-hmm. had that not not happened. And and, and, then, and then you know had they won, they would have gone up three to one instead of being tied to two. And and then you know then they got no hit in the next game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that uh, monster home run from uh, Jordan Alvarez to yeah, uh, at least, it would have at least gone to seven games, even if even if those next two games had turned out the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that home run was pretty spectacular, though. <laughs> yeah, do you think it was uh, on the? Do you think it was uh, aided by any uh, uh, nefarious, clandestine, illegal? I don't know why anybody pitches to Alvarez at all because that guy is enormous, and uh, he does that to baseball sometimes. And uh, it seems is that like because pitched is that him. because he knows what pitch is coming? Is that uh... I don't know, but he certainly is big enough to put out put a ball out at any time. And he hit I think six home runs in the playoffs. Yeah, um, with the Houston's propensity for uh, seemingly nefarious. Yeah, techniques. I think. I still think the Astros are cheating somehow. Yeah, uh, uh, we've talked about the spin rate. You know, the spin rates going up. The yep. they also have they also were caught having that seemed like having a uh, legal substance on on whose hand can't remember whose hand it was. One the of the Ramber Valdez. Yeah, Valdez's hand. The the um the illegal bat. The hollow, the was, hollow bat. Yeah, the hollow cat bat at least anyway of um Maldonado. Maldonado, yeah. Like, yeah, and did they, did they confiscate all the trash cans to make sure that didn't happen? Too? <laughs> or the electronic uh, signaling devices? I wonder if they had a similar system um, as the guy, as that chess player who played against uh, Magnus Larson supposedly had uh, some sort of. We can't, we can't rule that out. <laughs> I also don't want to check. So <laughs> it was supposedly in a shoe in the chest. It was not actually inserted inside said chess player but uh okay. that was the theory okay <laughs> <laughs> it's uncomfortable running with something in your shoe like that so maybe maybe, maybe for the astros <laughs> <laughs> you might need a cavity search well i i like the um the theory with um was that there was a home run that uh um oh who was it the they're um Second baseman, Altuve. Altuve, yeah. Where where he um hit the home run? He was like this is like you know several years ago two, during that during that season where he was like holding his jersey closed as he like hit had the walk off home run. And the idea was that they thought somebody had a he had like a buzzer on his chest. Yeah, like, like telling him when the fastballs were coming. Um, but that was that was why he was holding the jersey closed. He was wearing like, a wire, like Tim, like tear, like tear them off. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, maybe he was wearing a wire. He was or, wearing a wire. He's 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 working for Internal Affairs, I think. Could be. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> well, so, um, one one um interesting thing I, I've seen they they have um, already put out um, first lines on the 2023 World Series, like ooh. um. Who do you think the uh, top two uh, predicted winners of the next 2023 World Series are? I'm going to say the Astros are up there again. Mm, they're, they're two. Well, I would say the Dodgers, but they're losing some people. I think they're a little more uncertain. 
Hmm. But they've also talked about them potentially going after, um, you know, whatever free agent they want because they have essentially unlimited money and they don't care about the the, cal- the salary cap. The so are, 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 let's say the Dodgers are they, are they number one? Yeah, they're they're one right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see the, um, the the Royals are plus eight thousand um, in twenty six. Twenty six. Most likely Let's, team to win the win the World Series. Um, it's eighty to so, take, so it's, take that bet. That would be 80, 80 to one. Yep. Right. Maybe you'd bet. How how many million dollars would you put on this game on on the Royals winning the World Series in twenty twenty three? Mattress match. I would put zero. I would put zero million. Zero million dollars. <laughs> Maybe a small decimal point. Uh, but I think I think the Royals will, will win more games than they won last year. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be that surprised if they climbed into one of those wild card spots, mm-hmm. um, just because so many teams make the playoffs now. Yeah, and six teams make the playoffs, so you could have basically a maybe an eighty three seventy nine team kind of. I don't th- I don't think the Royals will win the division. I think you know it would probably have to take either the Guardians or the White Sox stumbling mightily, mm-hmm. and uh, for the Royals to have any shot, because I think I think at best they can hope for third place in the division. I know maybe maybe they could beat Minnesota. It seems like maybe they can beat Detroit, but. Yeah, I, I and I don't think there's going to be three teams coming out of the central into the playoffs. So I would say they would need a, they would need to finish second in the central somehow, and yeah, hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Maybe maybe two years if 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 the if uh, yeah, Quattraro turns out to be a good manager and the and the moves are, are are solid. So who knows? Turnarounds can happen. Yeah, but you're but you're not putting millions on the Royals winning next year. No, if I, but if I, maybe if I were a, you know, if I were multi multi millionaire, maybe I would. Who knows? Just just to make it sporting. Yeah. I maybe I would bet on maybe the Royals playoffs, make the playoffs. I don't wonder what those odds might be. Maybe twenty to one. Probably somewhere in that area. That might be something. And um. But uh, just that brief mention of um, of uh, free agent market. Apparently, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was asked if he would sign with the Yankees, and let's see if your response would have been as harsh as as his. So I guess he says no. This was a translated quote. <laughs> I like to play in New York. I like to kill the Yankees. I would never sign with the Yankees. Not even dead. <laughs> that's like well i always said i would never want to play for the yankees either because of their facial hair policy right and and uh you know it's just they, they they only they only allow it's like it's like becoming a cop i guess they only allow mustaches and maybe i'd keep a must i keep a pretty bushy mustache maybe if i could play for the yankees i guess but i i would i like i don't like that policy no so and i don't think you would either you you agree with his sentiment then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I you know I wouldn't. Uh, in reality, I'd fold, you know, because they're offering me millions of dollars, and 
sure, I'll shave my beard for millions of dollars. Right. I would like to be able to say that I, you know, have some <laughs> you, sort of you take the moral high ground, some right? sort of conviction that yeah. is deep within me, rather than <laughs> be able to be swayed by uh, uh, a princely son. So, yeah, I, I just like the quote anyway. So I, I wanted to make sure to, to pass it. <laughs> All right. Are we? Are, are we? Do you want to move on to football? Yeah. Let's, next week's um, yeah, let's, let's um, preview our uh, next round of picks for this week. So I am a half game behind you. Yes. In the in the in the yearly standings. Maybe this will be the week that I pass you, and if I go undefeated, I could I could reach I could break even on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So I I ended up I ended up having kind of a theme to my bets this week, and I'm I'm gonna bet on one of the teams that I bet on last week for my first bet, and that is the Bears. Uh, I'm gonna pick the the Bears are at home uh, this week, and they are three point uh, they are three point favorites, and I'm going to take. Uh, the Bears minus three over the Lions. Again, the Lions won last week, but they, I don't, mm. they played the, the In <laughs> ugly fashion. Whatever the, well. the, the uh, desiccated uh, husk that is uh, Aaron Rodgers now, I don't know. Um, and so maybe they're also riding high after that victory. It's going on the road, home to, home to the Bears. The Bears kept it close against. Uh, Miami, it seems like uh, they're finally figuring out what we can do with Justin Fields, and that is kind of play him like Lamar Jackson and run the ball a lot and you know make some throws. Now we have Chase uh, Claypool on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know their defense is less strong since um, Raquan Smith went to the Ravens, but uh, their offense is maybe going to be a little better. So I think I think uh, they can run up the score and you know maybe you know win by a touchdown. We're ten points against the Lions. That's my guess. So I think Bears minus three. It seems like a pretty high over/under number on that game too. I thought it was kind of interesting. Forty-eight and a half. Forty-eight and a half. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. The Bears have scored a few. Have scored. I scored relatively well the last few weeks. And the Lions, at one point, were scoring a lot of points, mm-hmm. but, but lately, lately they haven't. have not scored well at all, even against yeah. teams that aren't so good. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm yeah, I'm I'm steering clear of all the over unders this this time since that was the only one that that got me last time. I'm I'm gonna probably unwisely go with the go with just the point spreads this week. That's what, that's what um I had moved away from over unders. Um, a couple weeks ago I only did one, and then last week I did zero over under. So I I've moved entirely to to betting spreads now too. Um. But uh, but I've I've been um, doing all right with the uh, betting on uh, Seattle, and uh, and against aging quarterbacks. Although it did um, slightly fail me last week, because it ended with that push uh, betting against Brady. Um, so, um, but but Seattle's um, playing at Tampa this weekend, um, and I'm going to take uh, Seattle plus two and a half at Tampa. My my guess is that uh, Seattle's going to win this one outright. Um, yeah, they had so so the Buccaneers were favored by three over the Rams, but only by two and a half over 
the Seahawks, who have been playing a lot better than the Rams mm-hmm. this year. Although the Rams, of course, were Super Bowl champions last year, so it's mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Yeah, I. It seems a little odd that, that actually I think that the Buccaneers are favorites to me as well. So that's mm-hmm. how I would lean. But there's always the chance that Geno Smith is going to turn back into a pumpkin, and or Tom Brady will reawaken. Maybe that yeah. last drive is going to like uh, spur on uh, another of like a seventh resurgence in his career, maybe something like that. Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he only has to finish around 500, I think, for him to win that division. So mm. this is, I think they need to rack up the wins where they can find them. And this might be one of those chances. Yeah. Uh, but I think I still like Seattle a little bit better. I think even if the, even if the Buccaneers lose, I think they're still sitting fairly pretty in that awful NFC South. How about your second pick? My second pick uh, is a team that I haven't bet on, but as you've noted, I've been very high on this team from the very beginning of the season, seeing them as a dark horse playoff contender. I think they're no longer a, a dark horse contender. They're firmly a playoff contender uh, at this point in the season, even though they lost last week at Seattle, um, mm-hmm. the, New York, the New York football giants. They, the G-men are hosting the Houston Texans they're only favored by six and a half points. The Texans put up a little bit of a fight against the Eagles last week. Uh, and I thought they put up a little more of a fight than I thought they would. That was partly what cost them my, my, my uh, clean sweep of the betting. And that they scored 17 points. I didn't think they'd score 17 points against Philadelphia. I, th- I thought Philadelphia might sc- would score under 30. I thought it would be, so I thought that would be maybe a 24-10 type of game rather than a 29. Uh, 17 type of game, but I still think the Giants uh, will uh, beat uh, the Texans, who might be the worst team in the NFL. And I think they'll win by more than a touchdown. So, especially coming off a loss, I think they're going to want to play tough. And so, yeah, the Giants minus 6.5 at MetLife Stadium against the Texans. And they, yeah, they have a solid defense and, and, uh, Houston hasn't shown a lot on offense, so it's hard to figure out how they're going to score enough points to be competitive in that game. Yeah, unless Daniel Jones throws a lot of interceptions, I think I think they have a good chance of winning pretty handily, at least by at least by yeah seven ten points at least. That's my that's my hope anyway. That's that's how I how I see it. I'm a little surprised that the spread's that low, but I guess that mm-hmm. reflects the lack of confidence people have in the Giants. What is your second bet, Andrew? Well, 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 you've been going betting on home teams. For some reason, apparently, I have chosen road teams to go to go with. Yeah, I, I have three home teams this this, this week. Mm-hmm. Three I, home I've, got all, I've got all road games. What I what I'm selecting. Uh, my second game is um, another aging quarterback. I believe will continue his losing ways. Um, I have Dallas minus five at Green Bay. Um, I think I think this I think this continues this, the decline for. Yeah, I think if Rodgers doesn't somehow resurrect uh, the season in this game, I think that game could turn pretty ugly. And I think they've lost their number one receiver now, too. I think Romeo Dobbs is, I think, out. He's hurt. I think, yeah, Christian Watson, the new draft pick, is hurt. I think Sammy Watkins is still. uh, Who knows what he's doing? He was was playing, I think, but he just wasn't getting any looks. For yeah. most of the season, I don't, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, Alan Lazard has also been kind of 
up and down on the injury list. Yeah, and I guess he still just, played in the last game, but and it just seems like nobody likes Aaron Rodgers on that team, and Aaron Rodgers yeah. isn't like anybody else on that team. So yeah, I I, I think they, and they didn't do well against the Lions, so I don't I don't know how they're going to do well against the defense of uh, that's actually pretty decent. Yeah, the defense of the Cowboys is probably maybe the best in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Maybe that them and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Maybe the probably top three defenses. Definitely in the upper upper tier of defenses. And and, and the line's only um, five, five minus five for and the for and Prescott is, is kind of easing his way back in. And mm-hmm. it seems like Tony Pollard has cemented himself as a really solid running back, even if Zeke Elliott can't play. So yeah, I I, I and, could and see they're coming off a bye too. So. Off a bye, yeah. I could see that as a Cowboys. Um, relatively easy victory. And they, only, they, only have to, they only have to win by a touchdown, so that, yeah. that would take and, and the weather's not going to probably isn't going to be too cold or anything. So I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Um, so you're you're going with the Cowboys, defeating uh, an aging quarterback in uh, Aaron Rodgers. My third bet is I guess also involves an, uh, a rapidly aging quarterback and that's uh, Russell Wilson uh the Denver Broncos traveled to the Tennessee Titans the Broncos are um coming up coming off a uh a, a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars that they won 21 to 17 but, and then a and then a buy, and then I had a buy. Yeah, so I guess they came yeah. from came came home from England, and yes. now are have a buy, and they're traveling to Tennessee. I think Tennessee. It's right now, other than Derrick Henry, but I don't know if they need much of an offense besides Derrick Henry to beat the Broncos again. Broncos also lost Bradley Chubb, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a trade. Uh, to Miami, so it seems like, and I don't think the Broncos' offense will do very well against Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's favored by three. I think uh, I think Tennessee will win by more than a field goal at home. They had won uh, five straight going into the Chiefs game, and I think even though they lost, I think probably they'll, they'll treat that as a fair, maybe maybe not a moral victory, but as a, as something that they they can say, well, we're we're a solid playoff team, and we should be able to beat these. Um, Teams that look pretty iffy this year, and yeah, so I think the Titans minus three at home is is a is a pretty good bet. Since if that minus three at home is that would that would be seeing kind of the Broncos and Titans on equal footing on a neutral mm-hmm. field, which doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I don't know how big of a home field advantage really uh, Nashville is, but a couple points at least, and mm-hmm. I think yeah, I I, I say. You know, I think there's a, there's a chance of a push here, but I, I still like the Titans. Well, they, you know, the Titans just came off of, you know, a close loss to the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are probably at least a bit better than than Denver. So if they play the exact same game against Denver, you'd think that they would be able to cover that. Yeah, I guess you could argue that the Titans might be banged up and tired after – the long game against the Chiefs, especially the defense on the field for 91 plays or whatever it was. 
mm-hmm. but also maybe Tannehill comes back and they and with Tannehill I think uh they'll have a little bit more at least a threat of diversity mm-hmm. they're on or maybe they'll figure out more how to use Malik Willis if he plays mm-hmm. again or runs Pretty, for him. a more sustained offense without having yeah. to leave the defense it'll be, it'll be his third game so, yeah I, li- I like the Titans there and I guess I didn't notice this. Or didn't, we didn't talk about it earlier, but the the, the Seattle Tampa game is actually being played in in um, in Germany. Oh yeah, it's in Munich. That. Yeah, it's a nine thirty. It, it, it is a home Great. game for Tampa technically, but it's not really a home field advantage in there in that they're not in Tampa. <laughs> I was reading. Um, there are a lot of German Seahawks fans apparently. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think uh, well, the NFL as like a lot of German fans. We're tracking the NFL maybe seven or eight years ago when the Seahawks had that uh, Legion of Boom defense mm. and, uh, you know, uh, and when they went to back to back, back Super Bowls and Marshawn Lynch and stuff were playing really well. So I think I yeah. think there were I, maybe a, a, a decent number of uh, Seahawks fans. It won't be all Tom Brady cheerers there. Yes. Um, yeah, my, uh, my third pick. Um, I'm going back to the Monday night game uh, for this one. And maybe a bit of a surprise pick here, but um, uh, Philly's favored by 11 in this game. I think that uh, Washington commanders can cover that. Um, it is at Philly. I, I kind of want to be bold here and say that uh, I actually think Washington's going to give Philly their first loss of the season. Well, Taylor Heineke almost uh, did it to Minnesota last week. And do you think, you know, they, for some, Taylor Heineke's stats aren't very good, but somehow the, the, um, the guard, the uh, commanders play well when he is their quarterback. He's, he's, he's kind of the anti Rogers in a way. He's, he's, he's really, you know, his, he's, he's, you know, he's not a, he's not a good quarterback, but he's a quarterback that people like on that team and i yeah i, I could see um washington coming at least closer than 11 11 yeah that's all that's all they have to do touchdown is... 10 points yeah that'll yeah, still but... that'll still do it for you yeah great field goal yeah yeah i think that, that's a, i think i think it's a fairly safe bet um we'll, we'll see how it plays out but okay um, there yeah. was one game that uh before we sign out, there's one game that we neither of us bet on, and that was the uh, Chiefs Jaguars game. The Chiefs are favored by nine and a half at home. Mm-hmm. I think both of us are shying away from big Chiefs spreads, and that's why we we didn't uh, bet this one. If you had to bet this one, do you think the Chiefs will cover nine and a half? I they they are more than capable of it. I don't know that the officials are going to allow it. <laughs> I think this is another one of those games where I think a lot of the money is going to fall on the Chiefs' side, and it seems like when that happens, miraculously, there are a lot of penalties in those games, Mike. Hmm. You, you're you're one of the you're 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 more of a, a bit more of a conspiracy theorist than I am uh, regarding uh, the gambling lines and. Maybe, maybe, or maybe you just think that the uh, NFL likes to keep games close as much as they can. Whether it's for Vegas or or not, it still seems like games are closer than they need to be. I don't think Tennessee is only three points worse than the Chiefs, but 
that is how the game played. Well, the Chiefs missed a few, missed a uh, Bucker missed a field goal, missed an extra point. So there's, you know, mm -hmm. maybe four points left on the scoreboard. Or it wouldn't have needed to go to overtime, probably. Yeah. But I, I, I can see that. I, but I also can see this be a, a game of the Chiefs' role. Or I guess, it should, you know, it you, should be. Yeah. So I, I, if I had to bet, I think I would do the over. I mean, the Chiefs minus nine and a half. I think I would bet the Chiefs here. I last week I probably would have said the Titans and the points. Yeah, and that's what it turned out to be. So, mm -hmm. I think maybe the Titans game was a wake up call for the Chiefs, mm -hmm. and this is I think will be a little bit easier. Trevor Lawrence I think will probably throw a couple of picks. I don't think the Jaguars' defense is quite as stout as Tennessee's, and yeah, that's my guess, but. It's also I, also there's a chance all the Chiefs are ahead by, uh, you know, 15 points, 16 points, and then the Jaguars score a touchdown at the end to cover the spread, and mm. do that too. So that that would be my my that's my expectation is that uh, it's gonna it's gonna end up on the under, and the Chiefs will not cover the spread. <laughs> they will win, but they won't cover the spread. That's that's my expectation. Okay. And the, the Chiefs are um, only uh, three and five against the spread this season. Well, maybe they come back to the mean, you would say. Maybe there's some regression yes. built in there. But yeah, maybe there's no, maybe I think maybe also people, Chiefs are kind of a big, probably public team that mm -hmm. is with Mahomes that everyone's got to bet on the Chiefs. And I guess there there has been a lot of um yeah the money has fallen on the Chiefs side in the overs in the Chiefs games pretty heavily the season so far from from what I've seen but well we'll, we'll I guess we'll we'll find out next week how how that game goes and also how our bets go we're you know we're this, we're entering the second half of the season and if the second half is anywhere as close as the first half. Uh, Will be a real barn burner uh, uh, as as we as we go down to the wire. Uh, do we have any 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 comments before we sign out? I think, uh, I think we're good. Okay. So uh, thank you for sticking with us on another exciting episode of our little podcast uh, here. Uh, we are the Morning Trek Power Hour. He is Dr. Andrew I messed this up already. <laughs> no, it's right on. <laughs> Until next time, I am Dr. Michael Lerman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our many uh, delivery of, uh, varieties, whether it's uh, via podcast or our YouTube channel. And we, uh, we will see you uh, next week. At the same time, uh, good luck with your bets this week and enjoy watching another exciting week of NFL action and enjoy the aftermath of a, another baseball season. There's always next year uh, for 31 of the 32 teams. So I bid you good day. Yes. There's only, there are only 30 teams in Major League Baseball. So 29, <laughs> out, of the, 29 <laughs> out of the 30 teams. So my mistake. 32 I'll NFL all, teams. I'll leave all of this in there. 32 so. NFL teams. Yeah. Bring, bring my correction back into it. So. Yeah.